welcome to the unconventional podcast by style work today i have the pleasure of having mr bipin taneja who's the business head of one cowork with us and we also have our favorite sparsh kandelwal ceo and founder of style work i am your host vanshika and i'm really excited to get into the journeys uh, that bipin and sparsh have both had as they work towards revolutionizing the coworking industry today's topic of discussion is going to be centered around uh, small medium businesses and corporates and the case for them shifting into co-working spaces uh, welcome to the show bipin and sparsh please take a minute to introduce yourselves i would love to know more about you thank, bipin thank if you go you. first yes okay. hi so uh, presently i am looking after one co-work as a business head from last two my journey is being the customer service being the backbone from last 14 years i st- i am a hotel management graduate worked with obroy hotels then with airlines as a cabin crew for 5 years i had couple of own ventures didn't work well went dubai for an international stint then came back and into business center and co-working industry now for over 6 years That's awesome. That's quite a journey. Sparsh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Sparsh Khandelwal, founder and CEO of Stylework. So we are a co-working space aggregator company. So we are a marketplace primarily for co-working spaces. So we're into the market for around three, three and a half years now. We're almost working with around. 300 350 co-working spaces on a pan india basis and i've almost uh, helped around uh, 10000 customers so far on this journey and i think co-working is growing uh, majorly and uh, we we are just leveraging the connect between the other bridges between the left and the right ends so yeah happy to have uh, have myself here and get started That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh so Bipin tell us a little bit about One Cowork. I did read the website but there's always more to the story than what's on the website. Why don't you share a little bit about the story about how One Cowork came along? So One Cowork started in 2015 October and our first center was in Connaught Place. So the founder of the organization is Mr. Himanshu Bindal. so he comes from a steel background of family business so they are the third biggest steel manufacturers of india but as as always they want to do passionate business side by side to their family business so he started co-working one co-work in 2015 and we grew from 2015 till today with seven centers with approximately 1000 seats pan india with our presence in delhi Mumbai, Bangalore, Chennai, and then Gurugram, and we have one back-to-back center in our city, which is in Delhi Civil Lines. Uh, headquarters is in Civil Lines itself. Uh, talking more about a one-co work, what I believe since I associated with them from 2018, we we focus a lot on customer service. and that's why i can proudly say that the retention percentage at our center for our client is more than 89% so we try to retain our clients with lot of things which other co-workings take 
lightly, but we put our focus on those things like creating events and other activities or giving them a warm welcome whenever they join us as a client for the first day. And we made sure that we give them that environment which differentiate us from other co-working players. That is really awesome. Sparsh, tell us a little bit about the story of uh, Stylework. Okay, so uh, Stylework primarily was started in 2016. I think at that moment, a co-working spaces in India was just rising up. We had, I think, uh, 15, 20, 25 co-working spaces at that moment. Uh, primarily uh, very, very short. So yeah, at that moment, uh, I was very young. So yeah, well, I decided up that, you know, okay, after three to four years, the market for co-working, basically the demand and the supply at both ends is going to rise up, is going to exponentially rise up. So why not let's work on an aggregation model because uh, on, on the aggregation technology that's going to be needed then since the supply and demand on both ends will go uh, up and high. So that's how we, we started up back then. And, uh, I, you know, we always wanted to create an asset like model and uh, try to solve the customer problems uh, and the uh, from both the ends, like, you know, providing the business and inventory to the co-working spaces uh, or, the, or filling their empty seats and to the customers, uh, giving them a one-stop solution to, to, to uh, search co-working spaces or their pricings and uh, ease their task. So that's how we started up back then uh, and it's, it has been a journey now like right now they've almost provided business to over 250 to 300 co-working spaces so that's a that's a that's a good achievement for us like you know we can add value to them that's more important so we're like extended hence to all of these co-working brands one co-work uh, we're also associated with uh, for a long time now so yeah that's there and to, on, on the customer end uh, we're just growing a lot of other flexible memberships at the moment. Uh, that, that, that will be the need of the hour on this entire remote working era that's going to start exponentially now after this 2020 COVID pandemic. So yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, uh, Bipin, tell us a little bit in terms of uh, the members that you guys have at One Cowork. Um, if you could split it up into, say, like digital nomads, startups and enterprise, what does that look like for you? So all our, all our locations have a different uh, majority of the clientele. So I'd start with, uh, so like Mumbai, we have a center in Lower Parade. So although it's a small center, but 70% of my occupancy is by the clientele who are from an investment banking background. Mm. Whereas I go to Chennai, I have majority of the occupancy from the clientele from a bigger companies like HCL is our client. Godridge is our client, Siemens, Amazon. So there we have bigger companies who are our clientele there. Uh, if I go to Bangalore, there are the startups and the companies, but they are the unicorns. So they are, so like for example, like people still call OYO a uni, uh, startup or PTM a startup, but whereas they have valued themselves as bigger as a company. So keeping that in mind, my Bangalore center is dominated by uh, big unicorn startups. Delhi is purely uh, highly dominated by freelancers or startups which are proving themselves in the market from last couple of years. That's awesome. Uh, Sparsh, tell us a little bit on the style work side, like in terms of your clientele, what does that look like? 
So Anshi, our clientele involves, uh, yes, of course, it involves freelancers and startups as well, and it involves corporates and medium and large size corporates as well. But if you ask me the percentage breakup of it, so I'll stand on 75-45. 35% is uh, the corporate crowd that's, that we provide to the co-working spaces. And 25% is uh, the freelancer and the startup uh, audience that, that, that we provide. If we talk about the corporate side, now we have different, different industries, right? So when it started, you know, when, when co-working spaces started primarily, like uh, Bipin said that uh, unicorns or, you know, uh, bigger companies or Series C, Series D funded startups, you know, who are uh, the new age startups uh, grown too wild, they were the first to adapt as a corporate uh, to, to come into co-working, right? That was the first industry to adapt. Slowly and slowly, you know, we have closed deals with banks, with pharmaceutical companies, with aviation companies, with insurances company, IT industry, uh, communication industry. Uh, so, yeah, uh, almost uh, all of these industries slowly and slowly. So basically, the, if you see the graph of it, so the non-traditional companies uh, or the non-traditional corporates joined in first as the, uh, as the major audience in co-working spaces and then these traditional corporates or these traditional industries are now getting adapted since co-working spaces are also coming up with high infrastructure security solutions that can be customized uh, that can be customized and provided to corporates so yeah i think uh, i think now there is no no industry that has gone untouched with co-working space it must be a little lesser percentage but yeah all the industries are touch based so yeah that's an insight on it that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, Bipin, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the common things that uh, enterprises and SMBs ask for uh, when they come to look at your spaces. Like, what are their top three to five priorities that they, um, you know, they, they must have um, with which it would be a deal breaker if they didn't? Um, you know, that will be really helpful in understanding uh, the way that they think and what they're looking for in co-working spaces. Answering you very directly, as very rightly Spurs said that nowadays co-working has also started investing huge on the capital investments for the making of the center, which includes from a technology point of view, from a security solutions to the, uh, you know, AI attendance and other stuff. So uh, we have done a couple of deals in the past with the uh, bigger companies and from an operations point of view, I would like to tell you the as basic requirement that we require, which they require and a startup or a freelancer doesn't even care for that is, is there a 24 hour security guard there or not? Right. Is there a, is there a air conditioning UPS background for the server room or not? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Do they have a, you know, separate raw power and a UPS power for every workstation you have? So these are the small, small things what they ask for. And I come from a, a operations background from a business center perspective also. So these small things matter to them. Right. So now catering to these companies, co-working owners have understood the requirement to fulfill these clientels. So that's why they have started investing a lot on the capital infrastructure that way. 
for example, I was doing a deal in Chennai. So the company said that do you have a recreational activity hub for my employees? Mm. So I, I told them, sir, that leaving a space for creating a recreational activity is a is a cost to me because I am a player who earns bread and butter from a real estate. Mm. So he said, we are happy to pay a little extra for our workstation cost. But at the end, we come from that background that where we have to motivate and keep the mental and the physical health of our employees as well. Right. So there we, re- there we realize that why all new age co-working players or a bigger players have now think, started thinking of some activities as a part of their center. So like in our Bangalore center, we have sleeping pots. We coming up a center in Mumbai, we thinking of making a gym and a sauna bath. So all are small, small things which these big companies are asked for, whereas as compared to the starters or the freelancers, they are happy to get discounts and ask for just a workstation where they can work. Happy to cut down the internet expenses also. And they say that we'll travel with our own internet dongle, but just give us a space with as low as possible. Right, right. These are definitely things that like you need to keep in mind, you know, especially as a space provider. Uh, Sparsh, tell us a little bit about the kinds of requests that come to you when, uh, you know, the, you get enterprise versus freelancer requests. Okay, so Vanshi, for us, you know, uh, the kind of request is different because uh, uh, because since being an aggregator, like, like if you're going to a directly a co-working space player, like if you're going to a directly... Uh, one co-work or any other co-working player. So uh, all of these things comes comes into the picture, and that's on second hand. That you know, what are the amenities in it? What are what all are the uh, recreational zones, and what all add-on facilities are there inside the co-working space to make it an experience? When I when I talk about the admin perspective, like you know, we deal with a lot of enterprises, and being an aggregator, they say to us that uh, see, we need different different kinds of infrastructure in different different co-working spaces in different different cities. Right, that's an enterprise uh, first problem. Now we don't want to deal with co-working spaces and these multiple of these co-working spaces standalone. Right, so can can you come into the picture and help us as a one stand, one one point of contact for us, and uh, say provide us thirty seats in Bangalore, and uh, provide us thirty seats in Mumbai, or say twenty five seats in Delhi, and maybe just provide me five more multi-locational meeting room and conference room membership access of say 15 locations or something like that. So enterprise, when it comes to us as an aggregator, they primarily look up for this kind of a consolidated facility from us that you negotiate on our behalf, you you take care of the billing, monthly billing on our behalf, you take care of the uh, any issues coming up on multiple, multiple checkpoints. And I think, I think, and I think our team is well associated to do that. And I think that's where our expertise comes into the picture to give to an enterprise. Because to a freelancer, it's just like, okay, you need one seat, you need two seats, uh, three seats. Uh, you'll just get it and just go on the application and just preview the uh, changes in uh, between the spaces and just go for it. To an enterprise, we're really trying to solve all of this, all of these problems here. You know, bringing also in a product that we can give them an admin panel that you can see all of these co-working spaces in multiple cities from here, all of the memberships, paid, fixed or multi-location and all of it in just that portal. And you can customize your 
different different requests different different uh, 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 subunits and uh, take on and then allocate it to employees over their application and then probably track it also so that's how you know enterprise uh, situation looks to us as on the admin level uh, Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, Bipin, I had a question for you. I mean, uh, let's let's take the elephant out of the room because I mean, everybody comes with a set of you know preconceived notions and objections. So, what are the common objections that you hear from enterprises? Um, you know that approach you like. Uh, you know why? Why is there a hesitation for them to move into co-working spaces? Is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, if you can share some experiences, that would be lovely. I think it is just uh, I. So I used to meet people in the last couple of years, and they used to think that co-working is just for uh, freelancers because they think that co-working is just a time pass kind of a setup where. You just have table chairs with a split AC and lights hanging. So earlier it was just a myth that the co-working spaces are only for freelancers and uh, startups. As I mentioned earlier, also that we have bigger companies like HCL, uh, you know, Amazon, Godrej also, or for that matter, we have a Reliance company sits with us in Bangalore. So. Now, now even the bigger companies have also started accepting co-working. And as first rightly said, that enterprise solution is one solution. What we, with these big companies, are looking at. And my personal say on this is that why this will be a big hit in coming years is especially for an India market. You know, Indian consumer always wants to get pampered. Indian consumer only always. There should be grievances and complaints. So that's why I take an example. Lens Start as a as a model started with just an e-commerce on an online platform, and they now have physical stores because I met their uh, CXO for marketing, and they said that you know people want to come to our centers and complain to. Happy to receive them face to face. And this gives them gives consumer a bigger comfort factor. So, answering you very directly, the objections what I uh, have faced of lately from an operations point of view, they think that it was just an earlier perception. They think that it is it will not be you know it will be a cramped space like we doing it a five by two kind of a table for an enterprise solution whereas my normal co-working places us three and a half by two so right. they so they think that the distance between two watch stations is less than 35 square feet on a carpet area whereas for an enterprise solution we're doing it for a 60 square feet of a carpet area between two watch stations so right. all those objections which came to us or to the industry earlier is that co-working players trying to cram the space to make maximum money out of it whereas the bigger companies are ready to pay for these extra facilities to have a dedicated admin personnel to address their issues they ha they are happy to accept one invoice and pay one paycheck which includes everything from their salaries to their internet expenses to the cam of a building to the rent 
so the objections which came to the industry has been accepted very positively and the industry has emerged from it and developed a new model of a service office concept or an entrepreneurial solution and at the same time even if it is not an entrepreneurial solution they are accommodating them in their existing co-working spaces right right sparsh tell us a little bit about uh, you know the enterprise objections that come in i mean um, you know you've probably worked around them by now so tell us some of the ones right. that you've got in i think i think some wonderful insights from vipin i'll i'll so i'll i'll frame it in this format that you know certain companies that we were dealing in in 2017 or 18 so what kind of objections they were giving and now we are dealing with them since 2019 so those objections only have actually become the process or the real uh, real things why they're actually coming in so it starts with security and infrastructure was not there in co-working spaces in 2016 that was the biggest problem right they were like that our data will uh, is not secured and this is not uh, we have servers we have this we have that we have confidential information and i don't think there will be more people more companies and i don't think that's safe right so that was the biggest concern but then uh, lately in the industry worked upon it and uh, trying to provide digital and physical securities uh, customizable security solutions so uh, that worked well off apart from that you know uh when we used to tell them that it's a shared space so there were a lot of rejection people used to tell me that you know we need an exclusive space you know so so there was a mentality back then right that exclusive space your exclusive private office means you are a brand okay right right, right. so that you, okay you're big okay that's that's like a that's like a social deputation <laughs> right so that that was the that was the uh that was the dialogue in the, in, in the minds of uh, bigger corporates and admins uh that, okay why would we go to a co-working space there are, there will be small startups there will be other companies and somebody is coming to us okay you don't have an exclusive private office uh <laughs> i don't i don't i don't give you much value but uh, i think i think that notion changed and people realized that actually the community and environment that you are getting up there and the interaction that your employees are getting and the vibe the total vibe that your entire infrastructure is getting is more important than that and you know then eventually the clients also coming up their mentality also you know advanced up and they're not like uh, it's not uh, that anything is getting shorter you know i'll, I'll go to a uber office in vivek uh, platina right <laughs> so that's uh, that's not like uh, uber cannot afford a private office right but it's not like you know if if somebody's meeting the top executive of it it's like Uh, anything is de- getting degraded so i think that was the deadlock in back there uh, two three years back but now there is not there when people are realizing the power of community environment and more of it and they they are actually accepting the shared economy so it's like a notion we don't used to accept the community and everything back then now we are accepting it okay we are just together in a part of it so that's uh, nothing different and uh, inclusiveness is more important than exclusiveness i guess so i think that's where the game changed and uh, and right after covid and it will it will leverage more right. uh, i think i will come to the last point of it uh, i think people were not valuing uh, flexibility back then that when we used to tell them that it's going to be a one one all inclusive cost for you for one seat you don't have to pay for multiple other things and all of that stuff so people used to function their admin and hr functions used to you know work upon that okay you it works like this you have to take care of electricity bills wifi bills this that all of this it's no what are you coming and telling me that okay you cannot uh, have this 
but you don't have to deal with this it's just a normal part of the process right <laughs> so like like we say today that okay the sales and bd can only you know previously some companies say it can only happen manually by you pitching in pitching in pitching in but then we came to marketing right that now you can run an online campaign right and and promote it on omega way right so it was a similar thing the people were not accepting it that it's it's no big uh, no big positive aspect that i have to just pay an all inclusive cost for it so it's a big it's a big support for me right but uh, and then you're providing me flexibility to contract or expand so that's not a big right. deal for me but now covid right. happened and realize that a loss huge losses are there because we cannot in a private office we cannot contract or expand our entire thing is going on we have to make people sit to homes now they understand realize the importance of it so so now corporates are understanding the positive sides of it all of the mental deadlocks for that would be all of these three points so yeah i think that transition need, was needed on the adaptance side and i think all of the players in coworking have done very well to uh, get them aware and uh, get them adapted right right makes sense just just to add that i think it's a sure. journey from a layman language it's a journey from how can you how can two strangers share a table to work together and yeah. the journey has moved from that reaction to yeah community building is the next data oil to make money out of it so i think the the journey has been that way from a uh, acceptance of co-working for a bigger companies as well right absolutely yeah we're totally on you with that point um you know I, now because of covid right like and even i mean i'm not saying people were not price sensitive before uh, but now you know after covid and all the changes and the new normal uh, price is going to be a huge factor for them to decide you know to move into co-working or not um, what is your take on that and also i mean bipin if you can share a little bit on the uh, you know maybe kind of pricing structure you offer so that it incentivizes them to come to one co-work uh, that would be awesome so i think um, just to uh, just to add say that is i, I uh, very bluntly saying that i disagree to an extent that people are not it's just the quantity of seats so earlier they were looking for 40 seats for their organization in a co-working space mm. now they're looking for 30, 30 seats or 25 seats for their organization in a co-working space but they are happy to pay still little extra to maintain the hygiene and sanitization so you know sanitization has become the new security check mm -hmm. for the whole for the whole world mm -hmm. you know people are more worried at the airport whether you carrying a gun or not but they are more worried about you should be carrying a sanitizer along or a face shield you wearing yes. it yes so people uh, i am saying that with my experience in last 3 months people are not become more price conscious it's just that they are more worried about we are happy to pay whatever premium you want us to pay but make sure that we are in the safe hands hmm. but definitely the requirement size has decreased by 20 to 30% which is primarily because of the rotational workforce coming to their office or few departments had accepted work from home very gracefully and the efficiency has not dropped right right okay so, that's interesting 
uh, so and for and answering the second part of what you asked uh, by bombay center earlier placed was for 20000 rupees we are still selling seat for 18 to 20000 rupees mm. i think what you also trying to say that is just the you know consumer uh, mindset asking for a discount saying that the you know this is a lean season you must not be getting uh, business right now so why don't you offer discount right. but i am but i am 100% sure if i tell somebody sir my my seat price is 15000 rupees but i will give it to you for 10000 rupees but just to inform you that we don't check you know body temperature while entering to the office oh. we just do sanitization once in a week they'll oh. say that no sir i am happy to pay you 15000 rupees just make sure just make sure you follow all these uh, safety aspects yes. for a hygiene condition so yes. uh, the the demand has decreased by some percentage but uh, people paying capacity is almost still the same yeah these 2 3 months is a time where you know people are more concerned about funds and cash flow but this will not be the phenomena for long people are happy to pay the premium for the uh, betterment of the space they work got it got it sparsh what are your thoughts on this so i totally copy on that so uh, you know talking about the corporate business so i think the negotiation is on the freelancers and startup side because we all understand that you know freelancers and startups are lesser cash flow right so that's where the negotiation is that you know generally like the the, the price range is from 5000 rupees to 25000 rupees you know depending upon the location of the co-working space and a lot of stuff so uh, i think i think in our last two years corporates there is negotiation of course when there is a volume like you know 50 seats 100 seats 150 seats 200 seats of course there is a negotiation but the negotiation is not like you know okay let's negotiate to 20 to 30% of what you are saying mm-hmm. okay negotiation okay 5% 10% uh max 12% or something like that on that front so uh yeah that's the case but yeah right now if i talk about you know our closures in last couple of months you know june july or uh, what i see for the next 2 3 months uh, till october till the time you know people's uh, you know employer employers businesses come back to normal cash flows and liquidity come back to normals i think co-working spaces are also facing a very tough challenge as you know uh, the the empty inventory ratio uh, has has like the average empty inventory previously was 30% right before covid now it is it has moved to 60 to 70% Okay, like sixty to seventy percent of the inventory inside co-working spaces is empty right now. So you know, uh, some some innovative kind of memberships or contracts is what co-working spaces and we as aggregators are also uh, uh, helping out uh, to reach out to clients. That okay, you sign an agreement, something like this. You take in a certain you know a seven days or a fifteen days rent-free period because you know eventually now we have to get people come 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 back from home first. right right first first you start uh, so we have to a little incentivization anyway our oh. uh, 30 days or 60 days uh, 40% 60% inventory is going empty right and pr- probably saying to them that okay uh, like suppose 20000 seat is there for one cowork and they're happy to give it at 18000 so we can say to them that you know okay you give in for first 3 months 16 or 16500 or 16800 right if you are, are so worried about the cash flow 
right? But from the fourth month, you pay us the 18,000 or a little premium on that, that is 18,200, right? So we'll support you in your liquidity or maybe your payment structure, right? That right. eventually it is just at the, uh, in the first seven days, but you can do the payments till month end or the mid month in this period, particularly. Right, so that's how uh, flexibility and, and contracts can be provided or also, you know, on the contraction and expansion uh, phase, like if, you know, somebody is signing on a lock-in of six months or nine months. Uh, so we have recently done a couple of agreements where this, you know, client said to us that we are signing 100 seat for a one-year lock-in, but uh, give us that, you know, give us 30 seats flexible in it. Like the lock-in is going to be for 70 seats but 30 seats are going to remain flexible because we really don't know if the pandemic wave two is going to come or not going to come or if something uh, we have to fire our 30 employees or we have to continue our 30 employees or send them again to work from home. So I think that term, you know, uh, really worked off well for us. The closer not coming client was not coming, the, giving the closer just because of this un un insecurity. Right. And I think this just one flexibility that, okay, your 100 seats are intact. Your price is intact. Your one-year lock-in is intact, uh, or in six months or nine months, lock-in is intact. But your minimum commitment of lock-in we have decreased a little, and we have given you a little bandwidth that okay, you can decrease or increase twenty percent or twenty-five percent of the seats. So yeah, Got a little advantage yeah. for working spaces, and and so that you know we are here for our corporate clients, right? That we yeah. you 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 help us in growing our business in these times and we help you in coming out of this pandemic and we'll come out together. Yeah, absolutely. You guys but, definitely but, need to support each other. Yes, go yeah, ahead, Pippin. I think with, with uh, I'm sure with many listeners and followers of Stylework and this podcast, I will not miss an opportunity to say that even One for Work has uh, launched a marketing campaign where we offering seats without security deposit. We're not taking a single oh, wow. penny as a security deposit. Wow. So we we are just simply saying that payers rent on first positively. You don't have to pay any security deposit and we are happy to do a six months, three months, one month long deals with no security deposit. So we understand that, you know, even even if yesterday I was just reading and the HDFC chief has said that don't extend the momentum for the EMIs because people have money, but they don't want to spend it right spend now. They want it. to yes. They want to save. Yes. So we we understand that there's no point pushing a client or a consumer to pay me a security deposit. Whereas I'm happy to say that, sir, don't pay me security deposit. Please come use my services. Just a request, pay me on time so that I can fulfill my commitments to the landlord and the vendors. Right, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, that that's so true. Uh, so yeah, coming to the last uh, two questions. So the uh, last one out of those is, uh, um, you know, have uh, enterprises approached you to make customizations to the spaces? And uh, if yes, how have you accommodated them? We would love to know. Bipin, tell us a little bit about the one co-work situation with this. So, uh, so I give you. Uh, what my current situation is, I have a customized office which has done it for a client in Bangalore. So out of 270 seats, they occupy 70 seats, which is on a five-year long term for us. So there's, an, there's a separate entry exit for them. They have a separate biometric uh, attendance for them. The only thing what they share is just the washrooms. Other than they have the 
dedicated cafeteria for them. This is what we have it in Bangalore. Uh, answering you very straight that yes, we have got request. We are working on a deal in Pune, Baner for a client. It's a customized office of five floors of three lakh square feet in total. We are happy to do them, and I have made them as easy for them. It's like an open book, saying, sir, whatever the total invoicing be, on that ten percent is my profit for the headache. i take to run that space we'll give you the signage we'll make the office as the way you want the branding with the color scheme color coding the walls the coats and everything we'll do it for you you just have to confirm me that the lease is for at least 5 years so whatever lease you confirm me i confirm it to the landlord and we are accommodating it to them we have done a back to back in civil lines in new delhi for one of our client where a normal co-working space normally takes 40 square feet on a carpet area for a workstation whereas we it was a, a you know a traditional kind of an setup they require because they wanted for a company who's you know from a old age business background so for a 5000 square feet where in a in a normal co-working i can make good 100 odd seats they have just only made 50 seats but we are happy till the time they paying the capacity to that way that i can fulfill their demands and make a profit out of it got it got it first tell us a little bit about the kind of customization requests that corporates come with okay so uh, you know customization has two aspects of it all the requests that we get and how we provide it to so i think first that we can is talking about is is uh, is is the most primary way to do it and uh, so we call them strategic alliance deal or back to back deals so you know the primary idea is that that corporate becomes the anchor client of uh, the co-working operator right and uh, and this this you know to this corporate gets the leverage of choosing their own prime location where they exactly want the space which real estate which building the before the space is open they get the floor plan to customize it where i need my boss cabin where i need my meeting room where i need my conference room where i need my this department cabin that department cabin and the structure is made exactly like that so it exactly behaves like a private exclusive office to them but are operated by a operator co-working operator and primarily 10 to 20% of the remaining part of that co-working space is less empty or 30% or 35% and that uh, is filled up with freelancers startups or other small corporates so yeah that's one biggest you know customization to the maximum flexibility that we provide to corporates if i talk about a second level customization so that's in already existing co-working centers right so suppose uh, a corporate is coming to me uh, uh, that i need 50 seats and i have a center uh, partner center for 200 seats and that center has 100 seats empty right now so now there are different kind of cabins inside the co-working space there is one eight seater cabin there is one four seater cabin there is one two seater cabin there are some open desks and uh, yeah and 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 the open inventory is placed at different different positions inside that co-working space right so we ask the corporate that you, this is the open inventory and why don't you pick what what kind of cabins you need or the which all cabins you will pick for your 50 seats right and uh, uh, do you want to merge two cabins 
Do you want to say make div- divide one cabin into two cabin? Do you want any kind of customization that is possible here? We'll remove some partitions. We'll get it done for you. Uh, if you need that, okay, I need two cabins closely, but in another cabin, another client is sitting now. We can request them to move to another cabin so that your team sits together or the kind of customization that you need. So yeah, it's just not that on the on the, that you know we'll provide we'll be able to provide you a customization on just a bigger deal, right? That on the back-to-back deal or an anchor client deal. But yes, if you're a smaller corporate, also 20 seats, 30 seats, 40 seats inside that co-working space, we do a lot of customizations for you. But if you need a TV uh, in your cabin, if you need something else in your cabin, but that is also a customization, right? It's just not uh, uh, the design of it. So all kinds of it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really interesting because I could presume that corporates have their own kind of uh, mindset of how they want their office um, to look. So, yeah, totally understandable that you have to accommodate them, uh, especially if they're a big client. So, yeah, Um, coming to my last question, uh, Pippin, I would love to know from you, like, uh, you know, uh, why do you, uh, you know, why do you believe uh, in the co-working industry? Um, And this is just generic, um, you know, all-round for corporates, freelancers, SMBs, everything. Um, you know, why do you believe that co-working has a great future ahead? Uh, I think very, very simply, I can say that uh, it's a human tendency that people run away from commitments because of the uncertainty in their life. So choosing an office space is also like doing a commitment and treating your landlord as your girlfriend where you have to Commit them that we'll we'll stay for that long together. We'll keep each other happy by paying rents on time and everything. Whereas now co-working has given that flexibility of saying that we can give you a one month notice and we can move out. So flexibility against the commitment for changes in prices in coming months or you know, doing a first time deal for 11 months because that's how the traditional used to work. You have to do an agreement for at least 11 months. You have to pay three months of deposit. So running against it, doing flexibility, that's why co-living or co-working will be a big hit in another one and a half year in India, which is already proved abroad and has been accepted well in, you know, European countries. Got it. Sparsh, why do you think co-working is the future? Uh, Vanshi, I'll just summarize this in four sigmas. So I think first, the Vipin has absolutely covered that's flexibility and low liability, right? That's that corporates are uh, looking for or businesses are looking for. Second, if I talk about is remote working, since, you know, especially after the COVID, uh, a lot of acceleration will be placed upon remote working. So that would be like, you know, now people are shifting to work from home to work from anywhere. Right. And uh, now people are adaptive. Uh, we don't need everything uh, on uh, one uh, on one single office. Right. And we can operate out of uh, remote working. Right. We do not need a manager sitting up with every with all the members in uh, in one office to op- to get them operated, to get, get out the productivity out, out of them. So remote working is something that will be pushed up. And if you talk about remote working, that means multiple small, small unit of offices. And if you are handling multiple offices, small, small units, I think co-working is the best solution. Then you just have to deal with one single cost of one single subunit, right? 
that's the second sigma and third sigma i'll come to community so you know it's uh this is in this century it is everything about community and everything about collaboration that we are moving towards and the entire idea is about shared economy and the more we come together the more we come on the inclusiveness the more we collaborate the more better we innovate as an as as as, as this you know uh, as this uh, this particular cycle of human evolution goes in so i think the people are accepting it very fast so that's the third sigma while people are people will co-working industry will boom and the fourth i talk about is environment and self productivity the co-working space is just not whatever we are talking on the business sense and all of this apart from it you know players co-working spaces are investing upon making the environment so better and so classy and so creative right so that you know people employees workers can 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 use the maximum amount, maximum productivity of the brain right and they produce the best results out of it right so that all of that efforts and all of that environment uh, is catching the eye of all the millennials employ employees uh, companies and everyone so taking all of this uh, co-working is the future absolutely no doubt about it just on the number right now we are like 4 to 5% of the entire commercial real estate is adapted is totally you know controlled by co-working uh, especially after covid and again coming on that acceleration that uh, it has given to us uh, within next 5 years i see the number going up to 26% so that's like 1/4 of the entire commercial real estate market so you can uh, derive that it's going to be a bill uh, multi billion dollar and a trillion dollar might be in next 10 years industry in india and of course globally yeah so right right that's that's yeah, really thanks awesome for, thanks for for that insight yeah thank you yeah i think you guys are definitely i mean all of the co-working spaces and aggregators and everybody in the um, entire ecosystem um, you know i i really think there's a huge potential over here you know to get people into co-working spaces uh bipin it was such a pleasure to chat with you um over the last couple of minutes parsh thank you so much for your time uh, really enjoyed doing this podcast with both of you um you know i really think our uh, listeners are going to take away some wonderful uh, learnings about uh, enterprises and co-working spaces via this podcast uh, that being said i would like to close off this particular episode uh, the unconventional podcast by stylework will be back in another week with another episode with a new guest to enlighten all of us about the insights about co-working thank you guys so much thanks vanshi thanks for Thank you Anshi thank you Vipin for your time and thank you all the audiences